0: hello and welcome to books in the biz we are here today to interview mark Steus. mark is the ceo for proof analytics and today he's going to talk to us in the first part about proof analytics what it is what it does and the impact that uh, artificial intelligence is going to have on our companies and in our lives as a whole so be sure to check out this episode part one of proof analytics Hello, and welcome to Books in the Biz. I am here with Rich Veltre. Rich, how are you doing? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I am doing wonderful. And we have another guest today, and, and this is going to be an interesting discussion in AI, Mark Steus. and your company is Proof Analytics, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Awesome. Got it right. I'm working on these name things. Oh, Mark, uh, we connected a little bit ago, and and like I said, you know, we've, we've done our top 10 for 2023 and one of the things we did talk about was AI and it was quite uh, apropos that uh, you popped up in my feed and uh, would love to kind of get an understanding of of what you're doing in AI and how it's going to impact business. So why don't we start by, uh, why don't you tell us what proof analytics is?
1: Proof analytics is essentially um, what we've done is we've taken classic um, multivariable regression and mixed it up with some AI, what's known today as causal AI, to enable users to create models quickly that assess cause and effect, um, mainly in the go to market area, but, but it can also, we have customers that do it more broadly than that. Um, And so like, what's, what's the effect of all of my marketing spend on my sales performance, right? Hmm. Kind okay. of a classic example of cause and effect analysis. Um, it you know includes things like time lag, which is super important because nothing happens right away. And if you don't have an assessment of time lag in there, you will never find the value because you won't know where in the calendar to look. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's that kind of thing. It is the fundamentals of any budgetary business case that's ever been written for the last 15 years, you know, business cases have kind of faded um, because the the cash, the cost and availability of cash was so low and easy, right? That mm-hmm. everybody yeah. just said, ah, you know, who cares, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, and that has obviously changed a lot. And so uh, the budgetary business case has new vogue uh, today in in uh, corporations and probably will stay that way for at least the balance of my career and probably a lot of the a lot of your listeners as well.
0: Okay, um, so I know you mentioned kind of go to market is the the target for this. Kind of walk me through an example of of where this would be used or what type of products this would be used on.
1: Uh, it actually cuts across all industries, all verticals. Okay. Right, uh, it's not um it's not even about marketing per se it's it's a this is the classic math that underlies the scientific method of inquiry right so it doesn't really matter what you're studying it could be climate change it could be epidemiology it could be the the impact of of uh, all the different components of go to market right on each other net of all of the externalities right that are either speeding you up or slowing you down so if you want to understand if if so, the big the big word that everyone's tossing around right now is efficiency, cost efficiency, things like mm-hmm. that. Right. But before you can do that, you have to know what's effective, what's working, what's not working. In fact, the biggest contributions to making your overall operation more efficient is to find out what's not working and stop doing that thing. Right.
0: I talk a lot about that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so we we are—that's really what we do. I mean, we we're we do some services around this, but we are primarily a SaaS uh, uh, company. So this is a piece of software that that is um, streamlined so that analysts on the back end can model things very quickly to meet the needs of business users and the business users can look at it and go, you know what, I totally understand what that screen is telling me. And I know now how to make a better decision uh, this time than I did last time. The law of compounding is really at the heart of all this, right, as it mm-hmm. always is. I mean, you're you're you know, if you if you have to let's just say you, you have to make this decision 365 days a year. And your goal is that you're a half a point better each day, which is not a huge lift, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, proof can help you do that. You know, the, the math forgetting the product for a second, the, the underlying math can help you do that. Um, if you aggregate that over a whole year, you're talking, you're talking about something like almost 2000% improvement annualized. Mm-hmm. Anybody would say that that's a major, uh triumph if you cut it in half it's still a triumph if you cut it in half again that's it's it's still good right so I, I that's that's really the the essence of it right there but in you know the only people who historically have thought about this issue in those terms are finance people or business people business leaders who happen to have that kind of bent so Recent, you know, the last 18 to 24 months has to varying degrees. Obviously, this is a bell curve, right? um, Of people, um, convinced more and more and more people to have that point of view. And so, not just for proof, but for the whole analytics business in general, right? It we're kind of in a hot zone right now.
0: So, how did you get down this path? Is your background primarily IT and
1: no, actually, I'm a I'm a marketer, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I came into it the other way, right? Um, I uh, I got you know twenty years ago. I got I was at HP working for Mark Hurd. who uh, was the CEO at that time, who was skeptical about the value of marketing uh, and its impact on the business. And he had a way of kind of really getting in your face about it. Uh, And so things got rather existential. And so we you know, I I was just kind of sitting there saying to myself, you know, I either I've got to do something to fix this issue, this question, answer this question. and I and I freely admit at that time I was doing it for purely ego reasons. Right. I just couldn't stand the idea that I was not being thought of as significant and meaningful. Um, and so or I had to just go do something else. Right. That I was like, I'm so out of here if I can't fix this problem. And. Um, so I started reacquainting myself probably by accident, actually, with math. Um, because I'd been kind of like on a, this is this is actually one of the great hilarious paradoxes of my career. Right. Because I was I was in total math avoidance at <laughs> this point. Right. And now I'm the CEO of an analytics company. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, the universe has a sense of humor for sure. right? <laughs> uh, so I uh, I started down this path. Right. And uh, and because I was highly incented personally even though it was ego so not the best reason um i started to really master the math and i started you know gradually scaling it i got a lot of positive feedback across multiple companies uh, about this i mean every ceo and cfo that i worked for post mark hurd just thought it was just you know the cat's meow and uh so by the time I was CMO of Honeywell Aerospace uh, under Dave Cody, uh, who was kind of my sponsor, my my patron in, in a sense, right? Um, you know, we had gotten it to a very high degree of maturity and success. And it, it was at that point that you started to realize what the real problems were. The real problems weren't solving the 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 big questions about marketing's impact on sales, the the real challenge was how do we operationalize analytics at the clock speed of the business so that the output of the analytics is always relevant and becomes part of the warp and woof of the way that businesses make decisions? Because right now even, right? I mean, Data science teams are seen as a day late and a dollar short in many cases, right? They, they're they asked a question. They don't have the answer. Uh, the business team goes, well, well we got to make a decision, so we're going to make the decision. And then the data science team shows up three months later with a bunch of insights, and everybody said, man, you know, that would have been great three months ago, but really don't care today, right? So, so we were... You know and we we solved it at honeywell by brute force the whole effort was seen as so valuable that we were able to spend eight nine million dollars a year you know on, on just that and um and it was mainly to hire more and more and more data scientists right to get the throughput and this the, the get the latency down uh to where it needed to be so we were we didn't have automation and you know and so we were we were just doing what has been the case since 1834 and the industrial revolution right just stack more people uh into the equation right so yeah. you didn't have to be a rocket scientist though to figure out that a this was really valuable and b there weren't a whole lot of companies who were going to be willing to spend eight or nine million dollars a year on it Um, And that coming out of the software industry, which is where I came out of, um, you know, the, we just knew that automation was going to be a big part of this and a certain aspect of AI was going to be a really big part of it. And so that's what we ended up building proof on that basis. Right. Uh, uh, And it's, it's really been an adventure. I mean, you know, it's it for all of the math and the automation and the software and the science and all this kind of stuff, the the journey into the human psyche and the human soul as it pertains to analytics and AI and things like that has been extraordinary, right? And and not and not always pleasant, I might add.
0: And I'll let Rich jump in here because I'm sure he's got a ton of questions about the the financial stuff of it. But uh, I know you talked a lot about your marketing background. Uh, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges that I think many, many, if all companies have, is okay. I'm spending a dollar on marketing. What is it actually producing? Uh, you know, really, how how does AI help with that in real time? Versus, as you pointed out, it being uh, you know, a two to three month lag of finding out information that that by that point is obsolete.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the nut of the whole thing, right, is that cause and effect is understood today. And it has been the case for several hundred years, actually. Um, it's understood through what's called multivariable regression. There are, you know, it's come a long way. There's been a lot of enhancements and all this kind of stuff to the math. But essentially, that's it. Um, It's been a slow, laborious uh, calculation process. So it's, you know, the the learnings from regression historically have always lagged the the need for the insight. Right. Need for the insight is right now, got to know right now. Well, you know, regression is historically anyway, n- not been able to meet that kind of deadline. Um, we were one of, if not the first to automate it and also to add AI into the mix specifically to help analysts so our our platform is built for two personas right the the data scientist for the data analyst on one side and the business user on the other so the ai helps the analyst model create models much much faster so what does that really mean well a norm to create a normal regression model is measured in days uh to do it in proof with all the AI generated help and prompts and all this kind of stuff, right? It's hours, it's like single digit hours. Um, So you can, this is also very much of an agile kind of approach, right? Whereas historically it's been more waterfall. So you're able to create a bunch of what what we call minimum viable models. I mean, that's an extension of the agile kind of methodology right there. So very focused model creation, you know, the business user says, man, I've got this question. I don't need a giant mega model that's going to answer all my questions forever and ever and ever. I need this question answered uh, with an appropriate amount of context. So it becomes very fast. Again, the AI helps with this for the analyst and the business user to collaborate within proof and get to a model that answers the question, at which point it goes into production um, in proof. And the every time new data is presented to that model, it automatically recalculates it, right? So if you are presenting new data to the model weekly or daily or whatever it is, right, it's going to recalculate. So from that point forward, proof actually operates very much, in fact, like, virtually identical to a GPS. Hmm. So when you're using the GPS on your phone, right? It, it has the history, which is you're here, right? You can specify where you need to go, what's your goal, what's your objective, right? It's going to give you usually three choices, three routes, right? These are forecasts. This is based upon current traffic patterns, weather patterns, all this kind of externalities. Right. And you're going to pick one and it's you're going to be cruising. It's going to be tracking you as you move down that path. And it's not just going to be tracking you. It's going to be tracking all these factors that can either speed you up or slow you down. Let's just say that all of a sudden there's a wreck ahead and traffic starts piling up and it says, hey, Rich. Guess what? This uh, this route that you're on, it was an awesome route, yeah, right? It was going to get you there like no problem. It was going to be really fast. This is going to be great. And it's a beautiful route, too. So, I mean, you're going to enjoy it. But the problem is things have changed. I mean, so what is the number one word that we're all living with right now? It's change. <laughs> right? It's change. And it's change we don't control right we are surfing the wave not to mix a metaphor here but we are (laughs) surfing the wave. that we do not control right so so things have changed so guess what you still need to get to this meeting this dinner whatever it is right so we're gonna have to reroute you and if you do the new route you'll be eight minutes late but if you stay where you are you're gonna be two hours late so we don't really recommend that that is almost exactly what proof does for the business on any business question um and if you stop and think about it most of life's questions most business questions are rooted in causality and they're all about it's essentially a navigation question where where am i where do i need to go what do i need to do to get there What's going to speed me up or slow me down? Do I have enough resources to make the journey? Um, if all of a sudden the parameters of the journey change, how do I get more resources if I need them? Um, all that, those kinds of questions you answer with something like proof.
0: Hey, thanks for checking out part one of our interview with Mark Stoos. Part two will be coming up very soon. Be sure to watch it.